0: It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast about, well, a team that hasn't played basketball now in, what fucking day is it? I'm losing my mind. It's April 2nd. Um, Today is April 2nd. I was about to say, let me introduce my co-host for this episode, Chris Percyinen. Uh, Chris, you have graduated to the level of like, I think it's just Jeremy Cohen and Spencer. They don't get long- drawn out intros anymore. It's just like, Hey, here's this person. If you don't know who they are, get with the program. Um, how you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm good. It's a
1: Thursday. I had an online school today. I did that. Um, submitted some work. I still have some work to do after this podcast though. Um, and then we'll see what I do with the rest of my day,
0: but I'm all right. So I also had online school today. Except I am not the student; I am the teacher. And um, can I just say, I, I shouldn't say this. This is not a thing that I should say. I, I just I have to air air out my grievances because if I seem a little jittery on this pod, I don't want people to be like, "Why is Macri like kind of like schizophrenic?" First of all, insane. I'm on I'm on my third gin and tonic, um, and the reason for that is 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 very simple. I don't think since my daughter has been born, I have spent as many consecutive hours watching her so, like, so, like by myself and entertaining her and interacting with her as I have today. And that's because my wife has a real job, um, which she is able to do from home now. She's a bookkeeper for um, the town of something or other here on Long Island. Um, do you know anything about bookkeeping, Chris? No. Okay, that's probably for the best. I am,
1: I am but a mere 17 year old child.
0: I mean, look, you probably know about as much uh, about bookkeeping as I do, but apparently there's something called claims and there's like a claims day every two weeks for this town. And today, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is up. either. I literally, you could be a claim and uh, I wouldn't know the difference, but apparently I'll it's send a, a claim
1: to you. We'll see what you think about that.
0: <laughs> what claim do you want to send me? The people are already tuning tuning out.
1: A grievance for swaying the public into thinking that mellow is not good.
0: Are we? Is this? Is there a mellow related question that we're going to be dealing with on this podcast?
1: No, I'm just I'm just canceling you before you even answer the question, so wow. people know to leave now.
0: If I haven't been canceled, but well, maybe this is the rant that gets me canceled anyway. Um, so today is Claims Day for her, which meant like she was like stuck to her laptop for how like basically from 8 something a.m. until about 5 minutes ago when i started recording this so when my daughter gets up early she i think we got up at like 6:30 what time is it right now it's 3:50 so 3:50 p.m. yeah so we could do some quick math i've been watching my daughter just me for going on 11 no i'm oh god i'm a math teacher this is embarrassing like no 9 hours and change and I just want to say, I love my daughter. I love my daughter. To die. I would do anything for my daughter. Th- I would die for my daughter. Literally, she, two people in the world I would die for: my wife and my daughter. Um, not Bobby Portis. You know, I'd like Bobby Portis to offer up his life for mine. That would make that would make this season okay. And actually, no, you know what? He did a nice thing. He donated. Uh, him and Julius—they donated a lot of money. So it's 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 fine. <laughs> they Ooh. did. We're not gonna. I wrote here. about it. I wrote about it. Oh, yes, you did. That was a very nice article, by the way. Um, I'm not going to slander Bobby Portis on this on this podcast. But anyway, I love my daughter, but spending close to 10 consecutive hours with a three and a half year old and essentially being limited to your, ha- your small house, my house is not big, and a backyard is, it's not, it's just not conducive to sanity. And then on top of that, and this is what's going to get me canceled. Like I'm lucky because I, so my like teaching and I'm doing air quotes now, my teaching schedule today consisted of two advisory periods in which I open up zoom chats and let kids like, I don't know, talk about, uh, what do kids talk about? They talk about video games. Did you tell
1: the, did you tell the laundry story on a pod or is that just, well, hold on, on it it,
0: it gets better. So I, I had the I had the two advisories. And then I had two classes that were just like, we didn't do Zooms for them. So if the kids had a question, they could just email them. Nobody emailed them with a question. Okay. So I was able to watch my daughter all day because I didn't have really much else to do until one o'clock when I had a a a, a meeting of the, I, I am a grade team leader. I'm the ninth grade team leader in my school. And do you know why my school? Heck yeah. Yeah. Do you know why my school asked me to be the ninth grade team leader? Because they asked literally every other person. Everyone else. Every yeah, other know, ninth grade teacher is. until they came to me on the last day of last year. At It was literally two o'clock. My assistant principal came to me and she was like in a sweat. And she's like, Jonathan, me and me and um, I won't say my principal's name. We were discussing your, your leadership future in the school, and we think it would be really, really important for all, all parties involved if you were to take on this responsibility. And I just didn't have the, the energy to say no. In any case, our meeting today was about holding meetings. Do you understand what it this does? Is good. Do you understand what it does to a person to have a meeting about holding other meetings for a half an hour? Good. No, it's efficient. I I, I, I swear, I'm going to finish the rant up now because it's just people don't want to hear this. But like, I was so incensed at the time, my time being wasted on the Zoom meeting that I literally got up and I made myself a gin and tonic, and I didn't even shut off the video. I I let it be seen for the all the other great team leaders that I was making a cocktail for myself because that's that's what I thought about this meeting.
1: So previously on a podcast. was it your podcast with Jeremy? You you admitted to doing your laundry live on Zoom in a meeting. Yes and I think you said that soon you're gonna be drinking during your meetings. Oh did And I say here that? we are on on a fine afternoon, uh this Thursday, April second.
0: Three fifty three. Great you, time for
1: happy hour. You, you have done it. It has been, it has been done.
0: I got it. So I did laundry for yesterday's edition. I have like eight meetings a week. So the one yesterday, I got a, a text um from a, a teacher friend of mine saying that her and some of the other teachers were going to start playing a, a drinking game related to my doing laundry on the full faculty zoom meeting. That's really funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's really funny. Go on. I mean, listen, it, it, Oh, we case, also have to like
1: talk about basketball, though. I was oh, no, I'm like, I, I was,
0: in case it hasn't been made clear through this last ten minutes that like things have completely evolved are, uh, in the Macri household. We're
1: such a we're such a
0: sham of a podcast. <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just a disaster. But here we are, um, you, the listeners, the readers, the tweeters, whoever you are out there, um, you have um, answered the call yet again, thankfully. Um, you brought us some questions, and me and and Chris um, are here to to give you answers. So um, Chris has gone through the questions. I obviously did not have time to to go through any of these with my day being what it was. So I have not heard any of these questions before. So Chris, I am relying on you to um, convey the questions in a in a sensible manner. can you can you live up okay. to this challenge? Uh, Let's find out. I'm going
1: to start it off with a question from Schwinn, who got more likes on his tweet of his question than you did responses to your tweet asking for questions.
0: You know, can I just say, say Schwinn,
1: I love you, man. That's all I was going to say. I did not see that going in that direction. He's a
0: good guy.
1: In this time of crisis, do you feel unsafe? Ill-informed and insecure, without hearing public statements from the Knicks front office. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen now. I will say that he sent us this before they released their very nicely put together video Can- featuring uh, Mr. Rose and Coach Miller and the team. Can uh, I just say on, on Corona? But but do you feel unsafe, ill-informed, and insecure without hearing public statements from the Knicks front I- office?
0: I I don't usually give anything that Knicks do on social media any credit, but because it I, doesn't deserve any. That's well why. because it's the it's a it's I mean we don't need to talk about it. It's uh, it is it's not now
1: it, It's a meme. What they say when we
0: lose. All right, go on, go on, go on. I am allowing myself to believe that they released this to troll all of the beat writers who universally one after another after another the other day. Called for them to speak to the press after um, they have not done so since November. I am allowing myself to believe that this was the Knicks trolling all of those people.
1: Um, it's Dolan and-, and his 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 idiotic brain trust of like buddies that he has in there that just collect paychecks, you know, just like kind of <laughs> doing not too much, and and they they, they get like bored. They they they're bored. They're like, what can we do to like. Get get get
0: people going. Like, oh, let's make them do a video. <laughs> <laughs> They're I, bored. Do you, l- let me ask you, actually, you know, in all seriousness, you're, you know, you yes, you've been writing for SI.com, but you're, you know, you're a fan. Do, does it bother you, like putting put aside the issues of like that it creates an issue amongst the beat writers? Does it bother you that you haven't heard from the team since November? Uh,
1: as a New York Giants fan. And as someone who doesn't hear from that team ever either, kinda of used to it. But recently the Giants have been doing statements that have been going Judge is doing a good job, the head coach. The the general manager is Gettleman's an idiot. Gettleman is like I've heard. Yeah, it's not it's like uh it's like uh who am I thinking of? Boylan? I'm I'm like just like old school to like a painful extent. And okay. it goes. On. Um He's been speaking recently too. Those aren't going well. I just think like at least they're speaking, at least they're talking about the ideas behind their moves. Like they traded Marcus Morris and they said nothing about it. That was the one time that I was most like, why are they not saying anything about it? and they released a statement like multiple days later, like, We've traded forward Marcus Morris, who posted this statistical line uh for Mo and a draft pick. And that was it. That's all they said.
0: Yeah, but was, do you? I, I'm gonna. I really want to, because I think this is
1: like. I, I it, think they could. Uh, they could address that. Uh, we could get a, a thing from Perry on why he did that.
0: But does it bother you as a fan that they're not explaining themselves, or does it bother you as a fan because you know they're going to get shit for not explaining themselves? There's a difference between those two things.
1: I think if they didn't explain themselves and they were the fourth seed in the East right now, no one would care.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I mean...
1: I, 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 I think if they're winning, no one cares.
0: I don't disagree with And for, for my two cents, and I've said this repeatedly, I don't need... a lot of your problems. What's that?
1: You always say winning fixes a lot of your problems. Winning fixes I all think. your
0: problems. Um, and no one would care. You're right. But more importantly than that, it's like, I don't think... I don't think there's a large segment of the fan base that feels that they need to have the Knicks sit up there and explain things to them and that that would make them feel better because the Knicks just lie every time they get up in front of a podium anyway. My, I join most people in like, just get up there and say something so we could stop talking about the fact that you're not saying anything and like, whatever. As far as like the media, I mean, look, journalists take their jobs very seriously. I'm not a journalist. I'm someone who has the opportunity to like write for different places and have people read my stuff. That doesn't make me a journalist. So I don't group myself in with them, but I imagine if I had like gone to school for journalism, I would probably feel pretty differently about this as the, as I did not. Um, I can't say that I sit here and feel um, particularly aggrieved that uh, Leon Rose has not yet gotten in front of a microphone. Okay. Enough about this. Give me, let's, let's get an actual, do we have an actual basketball question?
1: Uh, I have another Nick's drama question lined line <laughs> oh, up. Oh, great. Go for it. Jason Krebs asks, what are the outcomes that will tell us if Leon really has the power to make the needed changes?
0: Like the outcomes, like if you see me drunk on a postgame periscope, you'll know that he didn't have the power to make the needed changes. Is that, that the outcome you're looking um, for? I think <laughs> if I can steal this question, Please he's do.
1: asking... He's asking like, if we see the Knicks trade Randall for salary match and one second round pick, yeah, and sign wood to a three plus one deal, probably they do something like that, God knows that' would be terrible, but um, maybe they do it, maybe they do like the Randall deal two years and then a third year of not, or maybe Detroit would want to match that, and they would have to do three guaranteed years. Which gets sticky, but either way, I can see that. Like, say they traded Randall and signed Wood, that would be like totally like the Star Wars Episode Nine to the Star Wars Episode Eight. That was signing (laughs) Randall. Like the total. Like I take it all back, and we're redoing it this way. (laughs) I love that cop. That's Um, fantastic. Like if they if they do something that's like Steve Mills, I despise you with a burning passion. Suck this and like. Do something ridiculous and like totally go like full tank mode, that well, would be an outcome that will tell me that Leon has the power to make the needed changes.
0: Well hold my, on, you just my, you just said two very different things though, because your first thing, trading away Randall I, f- for for nothing and signing a stretch four, whether it be Wood or someone else, that's a that's like a basketball decision that would like to anybody with a brain um, yeah, but wouldn't Wood be
1: cheaper than Randall? Couldn't you argue that that would be a yeah? But would
0: be you're not getting him for other three years, and it's what well, the I uh, forget about Wood. That's not the point. The point is that like that's a move that a smart basketball person would make in an attempt to make the team better next season. Whether it's part of some larger plan is a different discussion. To me the clearest maybe i
1: also i get i get wood and then i trade for chris paul and then that's my you just
0: you just said i get wood i just i just wanna i want it to be noted for the record that the words i get wood came out of your mouth on this podcast and by the way you're the teenager and i'm the 36 year old how do you like them apples I'll be retiring
1: from the next film school podcast effective (laughs) immediately. Um, My tenure here. I I told you, man, third
0: third gin and tonic. This is what happens. Um, Anyway, no, the thing to me that would be the clearest indication would be is if he made a trade. um, I'm well. I'm, I'm I'm stealing from the topic that we said we were going to save to the end. But like if he traded Mitchell Robinson for like, a future first round pick from some really shitty organization that to me unprotected. unprotected. Yes. Yeah. No, like for instance, if you try, I'm, I'm literally don't hold me to this. I'm thinking off the top of my head. If he traded Mitch to like the like Hornets Sacramento. or Sa- Yeah, fine. Uh-oh. No, well, Sacramento has a lot of bigs. I'm thinking of like a team that actually could use a big man uh, like the Hornets or, um, like a, a an organization that has been accused of that's being why I
1: see the Hornets. That's why I see the Hornets going after Wiseman or a Kungu. But that's a later thing, also. Well, that's also a later thing.
0: Yeah, whatever. So, like, if he made a move that was clearly like, we are going to be not only worse next year, but we're going to be worse in a way that decreases the level of excitement for our fans in an effort for long term gain. That, to me, and, would be – and an- he doesn't bring in Melo. <laughs> and he doesn't follow it up by bringing him out. Um Yeah. Or it could be that he's afraid of clutch and that's why he's trading away Mitch. So maybe that's not a great example because that could be kind of mixed reasoning. But like the, the point eh. the, the – you get my point. It's basically anything – I
1: think Mitch's relationship with the fans way outweighs any clutch.
0: No, for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. But I guess I, I'm just – that would be like the – I'm trying to think of like – yeah, you know, if he if he went into next season, um, just with a bunch of kids and you know did a salary dump, how about that? That's the easy answer. If he if he like took on so Atlanta Atlanta this year, yeah, basically, yeah, Atlanta this year. If he turned into Atlanta this year, that would be a pretty clear indication for
1: me. But then you know, I like you said on the the like, like you said on the pod the other day, you're like, <laughs> I this made me laugh out loud. You go like, you ever think Trey Young? goes out there on the court and looks at the people he's on the court with and just goes like, what the hell are we doing here? Like, that's what I feel is going to happen to RJ. Like
0: I don't know that RJ has earned that right. All due respect. Oh, I know. But he might still think it. I think some of the other players playing with RJ this year maybe at times were like, what are we doing here? Um, Because he had some some less than – that was maybe a little bit below the belt. But he, you know. I saw something floating around Twitter before that like RJ was the 17th best rookie that someone ranked by like SB Nation, which is, I mean, it's stupid, but at the same time, like all in all, he was not a helpful player to them this season. Great asset. Great asset. Just not helpful this season. That's all.
1: You're talking about this season. Let's talk about a bunch of future seasons. Sure. 10 to be exact.
0: Oh my God. What what is this question?
1: Asks, will the Knicks in this decade make a playoff appearance?
0: Oh, I say yes. Come on. Yeah, of course. It's easy. Like, you could, by happy accident, like make the playoffs in this league. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs in in the East. In In the the East. East. Yeah. All right. Next question. I think uh, it seems to me
1: like I, I kind of organized it to leave the draft stuff for the end, which is good. Cause yeah, it's we can fine. Do we'll do our, we'll draft, do our like fake mock draft, whatever, at the end. A little bit. So here here's a question about management. Okay. Watson M. Keatons asks, do you think there is any value in seeing what Scott Perry can do as the GM in a full year without Steve Mills? No. Tough to gauge competency and competence when the king of incompetence was breathing over his shoulder for 90% of his time in the GM role. I don't think there's value in seeing what Scott Perry can do. If you can bring in the Denver GM or Bobby Webster from the Raptors or someone, please don't bring in Elton Brand. We'll get into Elton Brand. Though. Yes, I'm sure
0: we will. Um, the simple answer is no, and it's two reasons. One, um, we we all assume that like every bad thing, and I wrote about this a little bit this week, was like basically... Mills is doing um I don't like yeah I know he's the guy that gave Ron Baker a player option and gave Tim Hardaway Jr. twice as much money as anybody else was willing to give him but I that to me doesn't equate to every stupid thing the Knicks did was was Mills was doing and guess what if it if it all was the brainchild of Mills and Scott Perry in his role in GM as GM couldn't talk Mills out of stupid things, um, then that doesn't that make him like just as bad? I, I got, I, I don't know what I'm, yeah. I don't know what I'm missing here. Um, What's well the one
1: thing, the one thing that I knew is probably what led. The one thing that I thought was what led to Mills's departure was the Morris thing. Mills wanted to keep him and re-sign him in the summer. Perry wanted to trade him. For future assets, which is what they did once Mills went bye bye. Uh,
0: yes. Uh, no. That listen. That's fair. But and- what I
1: think, what what I think may have led to Mills's firing was that Rogier deal. Maybe that was that wasn't Phil gonna make a deal, and then they fired him before he could like.
0: <sighs> well, the Phil M- M- the, Mills
1: Mills was Phil, Phil was set on a Kristaps trade.
0: I they just, w- they
1: just fired him. I don't know if I so is if you Dolan's fixed there because if if. Mills was really wanted to make this Randall Dennis and a first for Monk Rogier and other things apparently, but probably not major assets in there. Nothing worth a first, I wouldn't think.
0: It doesn't matter um, if the Knicks are the ones sending out the first. Th- listen, don't get me started on that again. No, but it, the the Phil thing was was I think more of his slandering mellow and that putting a a black eye on the organization. Um, And again, you can't like, look, let's call a spade a spade. CAA represented Mello at the time. And they probably didn't like, um, you know, a guy like Phil Jackson saying all kinds of nasty shit um, through the grapevine and all that. Um, I mean, I forget where I read it, but somebody reported this and I I apologize. I don't have the name of the person who did at the tip of my tongue, but um, at some point in the last year, I think it came out that like, Phil's plan was to basically kiss and make up with KP and that he maybe not that he never intended on trading him, but like it was something along the lines of he it was very important to him to repair that relationship. So I don't think it was that as much as the Mello thing. Anyway, we're getting off track. Um, I don't know if did, did Mills want to do the Rozier deal? Who the hell knows? But it's just more that generally would
1: be Mills. That would sound Mills to me. Th- Okay. Or maybe Mills is who wanted Randall and this was Perry's way of moving on and just being done with it.
0: But again, we're assuming all of this and like we were told – and this is and listen, this is why all this shit ties together. This is why you can't believe anything they say in press conferences because we were told for two years straight that these guys are in lockstep on every move that they make. So now we're supposed to believe that no, Mills was the idiot and Perry was the, the secret genius all along. Yeah, they,
1: they had a, they had a disagreement and they got rid of one of them but mills has been bad at his job for so many years now you can't say that mills being the idiot was like a surprise angle that people took
0: yeah look people i look i did it for my entire life and only recently have i kind of the more i learn the more i kind of have to take some of the the, the truth serum um i'm always looking to defend the team and the stupid things that they do uh, but if you really look at the facts, I don't know that there's e- – for as much as we don't have evidence that Perry is the like an idiot, we also don't have any evidence to say like he's like the saving grace and he knows exactly what's going on. So I don't know. Let's um, – did we answer the question? I think we answered the question. Yes. Okay. Um, you want to get one from the email um, or do oh, you – Oh, yeah. Go, I, no, go ahead and grab one. Let's do that G League question from – um Jim, um, why don't the Knicks send their young draft picks to the G League to play regularly instead of languishing on the bench? Um, is it an ego thing? Management doesn't want to admit their player needs work, a union thing. Well, it's not a union thing. Um, I, I think this is completely and 100% um, actually, no, it's a combination of two things. One, the Knicks hate bad PR, and it's P- I was going to say it's a PR thing. It's, it's a PR, a PR. But at the same time, I, I think it would be. Silly to ignore the fact that if there's one um, hallmark of the Mills regime, I think he – coming off of Phil and Phil pissing off a lot of people and pissing off Porzingis and, and pissing off some other people. Right. I think for Mills, it was very, very important for him – To make sure or I I shouldn't say make sure because it didn't work, but to try to make sure that players felt positively about the organization and that um, even if things weren't working out, they would leave on like – good terms or you know they would they would go their separate ways saying good things i i mean you probably remember at the end of last season mills made sure in his um one of the interviews he did he was like one of our players actually came to us and said that he was willing to you know uh take a pay cut like you remember the whole thing we heard last year players want to be here this and that who so, even who even i my guess is it was Lance Thomas but who the hell knows um Thomas or uh, could have been d De- i remember uh, uh, no. when
1: we were deciding between, oh, Knicks are rumored to have interest in Mario Hisonia. Should they give the mid-level <laughs> exception to Michael Maybe Beasley or Hisonia? Maybe it was. I
0: mean, whatever. The point is, on
1: Instagram, I wrote that we should take a shot on Hisonia in the comments of some of a Knicks page. We should take a shot on Hisonia. Um, it might have been the Instagram page Nick's Click, which is run by my friend Marco. It might have been. I know the comments We should take a. We should take a... Yeah, he's blowing up on YouTube now. He's like almost 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. Good for him. Um, he, I go, like, we should take a shot on the young guy. Let's take a shot on Hazonia, see what happens there. And Michael Beasley liked my comment saying, let's sign Hazonia over Michael Beasley. <laughs> and I was up. like,
0: this is... What do, oh, what do I make of this? Um, I, just, I, I, I think you make of it that Michael Beasley was high. Um, anyway... The the point is that I think part of them not sending players down to the G League, and I'll use Dennis Smith Jr. as an example. Like, if if guys don't want to do something, I think the Knicks are, have been over the last several years very quick to give in to the desires of their of their own players. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but what I am saying is I don't think. Um, organizationally they have yet figured out how to toe that line of having players uh, believe in the greater good to the point that they are willing to make some sacrifices and I'm not saying this is easy very few organizations are, are adequately able to do that um, but I do think that that plays a role in why they haven't sent like Knox or or uh, Smith jr down to the G league so um yeah. All right. Yeah, you wanna you wanna fire off another one? Yeah, this I have uh a question. It's
1: it's really just like a you you just quickly answer it and I have my quick answer and we'll move on. Dishing and swishing asks what move would you like to see the Knicks make this off season with Dennis Smith Jr.? They're likely taking a PG in the draft, and it seems Frank and Peyton in whatever order have outplayed him. If he moves, where does he go and for what? You want to take it first? I say we probably try to trade him. I don't know who would want him because I feel like we could get the leverage turned on us where it gets rumored that the Knicks are shopping him. And then when teams find out that kind of everyone knows that the Knicks are shopping him, kind of say like if a team has a, a, a thought that he might sign with them, they'll just say like, nah, like we're going to wait for the Knicks to just like release him and not give up an asset for him? Can the Knicks even do that? Can they just release him? I mean, do they
0: guaranteed his contract for next season, so, like, sure, they could, but um, I like, don't... Like, waive him? I mean, I, the they, they would never do that. It's, if it's one thing that, um, oddly right. enough, for all of his money, Dolan has not been willing to do um, is just, like, pay someone for not playing basketball unless it could potentially open up some other... Um, Avenue, which is gets into the Joakim Noah right. uh, wave and stretch. I I think they're in a catch twenty two with Dennis Smith Jr. because, as and I have
1: to trade him, but who would trade for him?
0: So at this point, I would not be surprised if there were maybe like less than a, a handful of teams that think he's worth his contract next year. He's making three. Was it three point eight or four? Minnesota
1: was interested. If they're in him. one of when, them. What if? What if they walk out of the draft with LaMelo Ball? They're gonna they're gonna go Dennis Smith Jr. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. You you deal with Dennis Smith Jr.
0: Well that's the we problem is like anymore. a lot of these teams that would normally want to take a flyer on Dennis Smith Jr. might get their point guard in the draft. My my issue and why I think it's a catch twenty-two is like you, you can't go into next season with three point guards all over or whom want to be starting. It's just, it's not tenable. And you also can't go into next season with Frank and Dennis, but jr. As your only two point guards, because it's like, I think that that's just too risky. I think they need, whether it's through the draft or a free agent signing, and we'll get into this, I'm sure at some point, like you have to have a more dependable ball handler who can actually shoot it a little bit. So if you do the math real quick, like, I I'm basically saying that I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. should be on this team next year. At the same time, if it's one thing that I am always loath to do, it's to trade someone or get rid of someone when their value is at its lowest and Dennis Smith Jr.'s value is at its lowest. So I don't know what the hell they do. I flip him for another distressed asset, flip him as a sweetener to get rid of Randall. Um but I think he should be playing elsewhere next season.
1: Send him to Oklahoma for CP3 as part of some bigger deal.
0: I'm not, not we, just we don't, we don't have enough time to have a CP3 discussion. And, and by the way, I don't even think they'd want Dennis Smith Jr. I just, I, that's a right. I, I think
1: they're too smart to want him. I agree with you. I think they're too smart for that, honestly. They wouldn't want him. All right, next up. Okay. Shubes asks us, in terms of future contract and trade asset value, which players do you think were hurt most? and helped most by the season being shortened. For example, I feel bad for Frank, who seems to be gaining momentum. Um, I have an answer for this one. Who's your answer? Iggy Brazdakis was hurt more than anyone, I think. I, My reported that April was going yeah. to be Brazdakis, let him loose, probably start him at small forward, if anything, I bring him off the bench behind Harkless, and then play him 25-30 minutes every single game which is a lot to go to
0: from zero. I just don't know. Well, no, that's a good one. That's a good answer. It's probably the right answer. I, I was actually gonna say Mitch because I think Mitch was getting, what's that? Not that he was hurt or like, but I think, and this is maybe just cause I, I really believe in him almost to an irrational level. I think he was about to go on a run um where I think they probably would have shut Taj down with about 10 15 games to go and I just think Mitch oh
1: no they just would have they would have flipped the they would have kept the minutes distribution that they
0: they were they were slow yeah you know, they working. were already playing him close hey, to 30 minutes a night but I just yeah, it was I think going to be he was like about a 32
1: 16 minutes distribution but still they were still starting Taj I think they would have started Mitch by April
0: they absolutely would have and I think he was going to take off I think this last month would have gotten people around the league to move Mitchell Robinson from the category of like intriguing young player that maybe if he continued to put some things together into like, holy crap, this guy is like a piece and he's a real
1: piece. And so like same, he would, he would be going to like the same tier as John Collins or better.
0: I, well, that's it. That's interesting that you bring up John Collins. Um, I think this is actually a good transition into. You want to handle that? You want to take on that uh, email question? Uh, Let me let me find it. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is from Justin Richards. Um, His question is: I'll I'll read the precursor. Uh, So every Nick fan, including myself, is in love with Mitchell Robinson from his athletic feats to his defensive capabilities. He has a chance to become an impact player on the defensive end. However, if we look at a brief history of players like Robinson they're increasingly becoming more problematic than helpful. I think that's probably going a bit too far, Um, but he names Gobert, Capella, uh, Marcus Canby, Dream on Green. Um, I I do not agree with the Dream on Green cop. Um, His question is this, without a true offensive game where he could create his own shot, are we overrating Robinson's impact on the team, and should we look at him more as a high-end role player than a critical piece?
1: Can um, I steal this. I'm stealing a lot today, but can I steal can steal
0: away? You're uh, you're Alfred Payton, can I, can Alfred Payton, this? who uh, averaged like two steals yes. a game. Yeah, it's you, man.
1: Okay, I think I spoke to. I was coming out of a math test in AP Statistics this year when I opened my phone and I Fancy saw the pants. Jeff Teague news get. I saw the Jeff Teague news get broken. Lo- talked in the Knicks film school Slack about it. And we got to the conversation about centers because I think we were like, oh, what's Atlanta going to do? Is the Capella thing real? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and Spencer Perlman says if you're going to have a championship team, your center needs to be able to do a little bit of what Mitch is doing in terms of offensive impact, be like a lob threat, be able to score, be able to have one way to score. Um, and then your championship se- center, Spencer says, uh, also has to either be able to pass or shoot at a high level on top of good defense and you know Mitch can score on lobs obviously as we've seen and dunks and he has insane defense but he can't shoot at all or pass uh, besides the last few games we saw from Mitch his passing went to like maybe league average level
0: um, oh I think that's even good over, that's overstating it um, considerably <laughs> he's not a league average I mean just because he has made some passes that are nice passes you can't say he's Anywhere close to a league average passer, even I'm, on, I'm
1: uh, literally the last three games of the shortened season. Yeah, he and, and at a level that was like, oh, he for a center, he is not a bad passer. He's just not good either. Yeah, and that was like really good for him <laughs> to get S- to that level.
0: So, can I add a caveat to Spencer's point? Um, yes, you you can win a championship with, I believe, with a, a center who doesn't. Have the offensive capabilities of a Jokic or an Embiid, or Carl Anthony Towns, or a um,
1: no, definitely no. You could, that's not I don't, that's not his point. You can definitely win a championship without an elite center. But it, um, well, 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 maybe the I missed point it. Is your center needs your point needs to be like is like your championship center wouldn't be Mitchell Robinson. It would be Marcus Gasol because Gasol. Brought defense and a little bit of shooting, and oh. he's a good passer.
0: See, I I disagree with that because I think you can win a you can absolutely win a championship with just a straight rim protecting, lob roll threat lob man as your center. I just don't. I think it. Let me rephrase that. I think it makes it really 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 tough to put together a team if you're playing that if you're paying that person fifteen to twenty million dollars.
1: Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is you can win a championship with Willie Cauley
0: Stein if you have Steph well, Katie around him. Willie maybe is a bit of a stretch because I I don't think he's quite the level of of um, rim protector that, oh, that. so not not as bad as not as good as. Basically, not like not as bad as Billy. You mean as good as Mitch? Let's say Clint Capella. Like, yeah, you could win. It. I think you could win a championship with Clint Capella as your starting center if you're but paying pay, him five, paying $5 million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: not paying him twenty a year.
0: Okay. Exactly. I mean, look at. I mean, you know, I know. Obviously, the Warriors played a ton with Draymond at center, but like Kevon Looney was like a real, um, a real piece for him, and he played a lot of minutes at center, and he was making like nothing, and that's what made it work. Um. I think and I think it's probably too long of a discussion to have right now. But like the the biggest thing I'm personally conflicted with as a Nick fan and as someone who just tries to analyze this team objectively at the same time is what to do with Mitch because like, yeah, I I would love to sit here and like lamb them for the for even entertaining the idea of trading away Mitch. But at the same time. If you look at Clutch's history...
1: I would do it. I'd do it for like a lot. Like a future first and a bad young player. Future unprotected first from a bad team and a bad
0: young player. Well, that's what we were talking about before we got on. And it's like, so then what are you doing? You're you're setting a precedent as an organization that you're scared of an agency.
1: Because that's why they do it. No, you're capitalizing on... Okay, Mitch is not in his prime right now. He's going to be a much better player in his career than he is right now. But is there a chance that he's at his prime
0: trade asset value right now? Oh, I don't think there's a chance. I think he is at his prime trade asset value right now because – Oh, great. Okay, so you're with me. Okay. But but that doesn't – Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. That doesn't necessarily mean that you trade him. And I, and, and I admit that there is probably a little bit of my fandom seeping into my attempt to be objective here, but there has to be something when we're talking about you, build, building an organization as a healthy entity moving forward to just, like, identify young players who are like, ooh, that guy is good, and he's here right now, and he wants to be here, and it further investing in that guy,
1: even if it,
0: it, it means paying him a little bit too much
1: say leon is like set on like we have to trade him because we're not going to like him and rj uh you know like we're we're like we can't move randall we're going to keep randall we have to move mitch and get i don't know like so some stupid uh, uh, they decide to trade mitch cuz they're really set on trading mitch if he's at his prime value as an asset and you do not want to move forward with him and overpay him it's not a crime to move him if you get a lot back it- <clears throat> I would no. move him in a Porzingis level return. I'd move him for like a lot. Look, <laughs> like there, like an uh, like an unprotected first from a bad team that's like twenty twenty one, and also a player who's just like young and not that good, but like would get some minutes. Here, yes, is there a because pro- then you're tur- then you're turning the
0: thirty sixth pick in one draft into. Yeah, but don't go – you hey. can't I, – I hate that equivalency because he's he stopped being the 36th pick in the 2000-whatever draft the minute he stepped on the floor and we all looked at him and we're like, oh, shit, this guy is, like, something different. Um, and he's putting it together. Like but For me, it's – yes, of course. Is there a price that, like, if some team offers that it would be foolish not to trade him? Of course there's a price, but – I guess my my point in that's what I'm saying. I would take that price. I, I, like people, people treat yeah,
1: me, Mitch as an untouchable. Yeah, but I then would, we're. But what, I would
0: take the. But what is that price? Are you telling me then? Okay, so is it an unprotected 2021 pick from? And I'm not. I'm not suggesting. And something.
1: And something else, though.
0: You're not getting something else. Um. My point is like, let's say Cleveland lets Andre Drummond walk as they should, but and well, that's if he doesn't opt in, whatever. And, and they traded a 2021 unprotected first for Mitch. Like that would be, and this isn't happening because they gave up like what,
1: four second round picks for that pick. But if you give me that unprotected first and Kevin
0: Porter, then I do it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I wouldn't care about Kevin Porter if they, if the, the, we're we're going too deep into the rabbit hole here. I guess my point that I want to make before we move on, because we should move on, is I wonder if even though we can certainly be sure that Mitch is never going to evolve into the type of offensive threat that a Towns or a Jokic or an beat is, are we underselling his the defense? Yeah, and I mean, and and not only the defense. The fact that, like, Clint Capella was a rim-protecting lob threat that has since revealed himself to not be really worth, you know, paying whatever he makes, 15 or $16 million a year. Yeah, but he's a lot different from... That's my point, is Mitch is, he is like, blows him he is out of insecure. the water on both ends. And even though we're still talking about the same archetype, is Mitch's elevated level at all of those things, even though he is that archetype, does that put him in a different category that again, it's not on the Jokic, you know, ta- towns level, but it is something that like, you know what? Yeah, that guy actually does deserve super 15 million is, a year.
1: Mitch is Mitch is super weird because he's like can I say that he's the opposite of Frank Nilakina? Um in what sense? I mean, they're both handsome I young would men. Say, I would say they have an opposite IQ, and oh,
0: like, I I disagree like, with that entirely. Mitch is listen, man, he's smart. He don't, he, he yeah, hides it well. I would say like, but I
1: mean, like as in terms of like Frank's Mitch's highlight plays are really because he he positions himself well for an alley oop or he makes a crazy athletic grab. Frank's highlights are him like hounding down Luka Doncic for the ball. Like it's a totally different. It's like a free show of athleticism versus like uh like a intelligent defensive, you know what I mean?
0: I would beg to differ in that I think Mitch's propensity to foul, which has for some reason gotten him the label of like low basketball IQ or something. I think it's just a technique thing. And I think he has like brain farts. And I'm saying Frank has the technique. Frank that's my point. Okay. So you're saying Mitch is rusty in terms of his technique. Sure. Not rusty. He's he's not as refined. Yeah, sure. What yeah, okay. I guess in that sense, that's that's fair. We've talked about this for, for far too long. We've we've already gone past, by the way, the length of time that I said I wanted this podcast to be. And we probably haven't even gotten to most of the questions. So let's maybe do um a bit oh, of a, a speed, speed round, round so, speed we can, yeah, so we can Yeah, so we could get to some of the draft uh finish up with the draft stuff.
1: Anyway, you want you want me to time you like twenty seconds on each answer? I'll do it. I'll do a Sure. What the hell? Quick clock. All right. Do you see uh oh from
0: Vivek? Shout out shout out Viv. Shout out
1: um, shout out
0: Vivek. Do cool. you
1: see Andrew Lusgarden having more of a say with the Knicks as a result of the promotion and spin off of MSG sports? Go.
0: Um, I'd be a very honest, I have not paid attention to the machinations of the story. I'm familiar with who that guy is, um, for me to say whether or not he would have more or less insight or not insight, um, of a say into their operations would be pure conjecture. Um, so sadly I have no opinion on this. Okay. That
1: was like, that that was like 25 seconds. All right. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quicker on um, the next one. That's what she said. The next one I can't answer because I wasn't alive w- during the time when this question
0: addresses. The hey, time that. Uh, fuck you. All right, read the question.
1: <laughs> Tom Uch asks us Give us three of your most underrated 90s Knicks games. Already seen popular oh. games like the Dunk and Van Gundy holding onto morning's
0: leg. I think we all need more <sighs> 90s Knicks in our lives. You can't. You can't give me this as a as a speed round question. Um all right, let me try to be really quick with this. Um that's what's fun. You got th- what are your three most underrated games?
1: Maybe you have good memories of watching them that you could include.
0: Um a game that never gets talked about but the impact of which um was was massive and uh was actually a, a pretty good game was Game 6 against the Pacers in 99. That would be the first one that comes to my mind. Um I think number two. That's. I'm not putting that as number one. I'm just saying that that is that was a. a no, I'm just good.
1: saying that now we go on to number two. Now we um,
0: go on to- the The finger roll. Um, sorry, not the finger roll. The finger roll. That's game seven when they uh, when they lost Uh-oh. in the in the Pacers series in '95. Uh, Ewing had a game winner in ninety in game five um that um I think it was his i don't know for me it, it's his most memorable shot aside from uh the putback dunk uh game seven and ninety four that would that would actually probably be my number one, and let me get a third um um let's go to nineteen ninety no you know what yeah, you know what? I'm actually going to go with the game that I did for a throwback Thursday last week uh, or two weeks ago. Games, uh, game seven against the Heat in 2000, uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. That was a war, and that series was an absolute bloodbath, and it gets forgotten about because they got beat by the Pacers in the Eastern Conference finals that year in a series that really wasn't that close, if we're being honest. But that series against the Heat was... A classic and it was honestly their best series they ever played against the Heat. It was a seven game just drag out knockdown fight, and game seven was like just an awesome game. So uh I'll go with game seven from the two thousand Eastern Conference semifinals. Sorry, that was way longer okay. than twenty seconds. No, 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 that, that one
1: didn't have a time on it, really, because okay. you need more than twenty seconds. Next up, if the season really is over, sadly I think it is, says Ty Anders, what have been your favorite Knicks games this year? For me, it was beating Melo and the Blazers on New Year's Day or the last game of our season with the OT win in Atlanta. I may be biased because I went to both games in person. Um, What are your favorite Knicks games from this last season?
0: There's only three. It's the Dallas games and the Houston game. Um, I'm going to go with the Houston game, actually and i know like there was so much more attention paid to the Dallas games and i totally get that and i would have sold my soul to win both of those games if you asked me before the season but the the Houston game was really cool because um it was the best collective effort from all of the key young players on the team that they had all season this, long
1: this year i was going to say last year they was it last year that we did that thing against the spurs where like they four of them had like 20 points
0: that was a weird game. That was the first game after the All-Star break last year. I remember that because I watched it on my computer. Dennis, when I was down Dennis Florida.
1: Dotson, Knox, and Mitch all went
0: crazy. Well, no, that I wasn't. I don't. Was that? Dennis, no, Dotson, that Knox, was. That, I remember Moutier. that as a Moutier, um Or maybe it was Frank already injured. My God. I'm really. Yes. Me back. Moutier. I think Dennis and Moutier were two
1: of the four main. Moutier performers. had
0: a good game. It was the first game after the and All-Star Knox,
1: break. It was Knox and Mitch were the other two. I thought.
0: Yeah. That, I'll. I'm going to look it up while you're asking the next question. All right, next question.
1: I'm a, I'll I'll give my quick answer to 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 this one. Uh I was at that Mellow game on New Year's Day. That was an awesome win. Um and the Houston win was really good too. I would say Houston also, just cuz the same reason that, you know, you said with the the young guys. Yeah. Um answer. what players across the league four years pro or less do you see having the best chance to break out? or to have breakout years in the near future.
0: Oh, you got be fucking kidding me. Um. So basically it, the, the, the implication do you here, that is like a sneaky, a sneaky breakout or like an obvious, like I know, well, I mean it, it, the question implies that it's someone that has not broken out yet, which I'm going to need to. All right, can I, am I allowed to pull up like an NBA, um,
1: I'll I'll start my list while you look up yours. I don't, okay, I don't, you you're making me, you're
0: making me look bad. Okay, go. OG Ananobi, that's obvious, but it's a good one. You you, you said it off the top of your head. You also had access to these questions beforehand. So again, but- I did not read this question before. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, I got one. Um, both. Uh, <laughs> The two guys the two guys that I once telling you over there. The two guys that I once thought were actual brothers and have no relation to each other. I'll put both McCal and Miles Bridges on this list. I think both of them are good players. Miles Miles was one of mine. I I don't I don't know about this. McCal
1: I saw some videos of McCal Bridges' jump shot last season. That were not encouraging. He like Um, developed a hitch in the pros.
0: Listen, there are five teams in the league, and sadly, we're one of them. Where you should not make any judgments about young players on those teams until you see them in another uniform. And the Suns are one of them, and the Hornets are another. So, yeah. Okay. Um, hold on, yeah, we, 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 yeah, should, we should get a couple points. more. Um, to prime to break out. I'm not selling. I don't know if this counts, but I'm I'm certainly not selling my, Lonzo Mark Ball Huffles. stock.
1: Uh, oh, similar players we brought up. I'll,
0: I'm actually kind of out on not out on full. No, you're not. Like,
1: no, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. I just don't think and he's Chip, ever. Chip Murphy is gonna be so sad. Too. I know
0: Chip loves him, loves him, loves him some uh, some magic. I just uh, I don't. No, I th- I think. Uh, me, Lonzo is way. obvious
1: to me because and, and Lonzo if there was any doubts in the Pelican there shouldn't have been doubts about Lonzo within the Pelicans front office for them to move AD for him but if there were any doubts about Lonzo seeing how Lonzo plays with Zion should erase all of those doubts because yeah, they are like, ridiculous together
0: give me Horrible. that guy on a good team Horrible. I guess Fultz after my view on him has probably been tainted a little bit after reading um, your own Weitzman's uh, Sixers book because I gotta say it's I, I have to get that. Like, it's so now. dude. It's so good. Um, it, it doesn't, I know, I know I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm,
1: I'm going to do
0: it. It, it doesn't yeah. paint, um, Markel Fultz as the, uh, picture of, uh, mental fortitude. Uh, shall we say, can I give one more so before we-, we move on? Yeah, go ahead. Um, wait, I just had it on the tube. Oh, uh, this is also probably obvious, but, uh, Marvin Bagley, I, ex- I still don't quite know what his position is in the league, um, which could be a problem. But Julius the, Randall's position, yeah. I, and I don't watch enough Kings too games short. to have like a too
1: short, too short, and bad on defense to play center. See, but, but that's the thing. Like, he's
0: not. He's not. I know he's not a rim protector, but he's not short. And he's like ten. He's like six ten. You think? I don't know. Like that's a guy that if the Kings ever decided to to sell low on, I would. Oh, he's 6'11. Yeah, I'd send a, I'd send a Mavericks nah, first he's, for him. He's, he's big. Oh, like, yeah, right. If they ever made that trade, they'd be insane. The Kings I made. Okay. Uh, next question. What's more important staying? Oh,
1: and Scooter asks this. Okay. Um, what's more important staying quarantined, social distancing, and flattening the COVID curve? Or. The Knicks beat having generic useless quotes from the team just to make themselves feel important and write useless stories that tell folks nothing of value.
0: Go, go fuck yourself. Uh, No, I love Drew as much as I love Shwin. No, I, I I, look, I honestly, if I'm really, can I be honest? I can't even, I can't even answer questions about the Knicks beat at this point because he's like, I'm friends with these guys or I, I think of myself as friends with these guys. They probably think of me as that annoying guy who follows them around at games. Um, but like, yeah, like I, 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 I'm like, I'm now not in a position to be objective about any of them. So, um. Interesting. At least I'm being honest, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not going me credit uh, okay. for honesty? <laughs> um. Uh, yeah.
1: That's fine. I'm reading this next question. Brenhart asks us. Oh no. Did you even answer the last one? Did I even let you answer the last one? Yeah, I think so. I, I have no I have no opinion on that. Bren asks us, think forward four years from now. That is the twenty twenty five season? Twenty four. Sure. Twenty four, yeah. If the Knicks have risen to a contending team, which current Knicks do you think are realistically playing an important role and what role is that? What are the player archetypes you see playing alongside them? No Giannis style shortcuts. Um I don't think the core we have now is good enough to build a championship like even with our lotto pick this year, I don't think that's a good enough core to build a championship team with. Like so the only we need a big change before we're contending.
0: Yeah, the only if guy we're contending
1: that, in four years is because we we made we did some crazy stuff. We got some crazy stuff going trade wise. We got lots of picks and we 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 pulled some shenanigans that are wow, four years contending.
0: If we're contending in four years, that means we won the Cade Cunningham draft, and uh, Cade is good a lot quicker than maybe as, we'd expect. as he is as advertised. Yeah, exactly. no, like that's that's I literally. Uh, I'm sorry if this is a bit too uh, doom and gloom, but I literally cannot fathom. Enough. I'm actually no, that's not true. If uh, if Joel Embiid decided over the next two years or three years, to force his way out of Philadelphia. Um, and we gave up the Godfather package for him, whatever that Godfather package may be. Um, yeah, sure, I could see us contending. Is that
1: Mitch and RJ, or Mitch, Knox, and everyone else besides RJ, and then all the picks?
0: It's... um, They're not gonna know, want Simmons God, and RJ. the circumstances that would need to take place. They would... Need it would they be, would want no it would I'll tell you right Mitch now what it LaMelo, would be it Mitch would be Knox. it would be Mitch because it's not going to happen in the next year so Mitch would need to be on his next contract so it would need to be Mitch at a contract that was like he would need to continue to explode but in such a way that like he they they still would get him on like a twelve million dollars a year number and they would need to get a primo pick because this would be a this would be a a pick that would include a, uh or a, uh, sorry a trade that would include a pick that it wouldn't be a future pick it would be like you're getting the second or third pick in a, in a really good draft but it would be the K draft but it couldn't be the first pick because then they would just pick Cade um so yeah it would be like the second pick in the 2021 draft or the third pick in the 2021 draft and Mitch and salary for Embiid and probably a future pick and but at the same time they probably would please sure um and but at the same time they would have also made like a move or two to put them in a position to like talk themselves into getting Embiid putting them like in the conversation so like so much crazy shit would need to happen um, that so I, RJ still be on the team? Yes. Th- I don't think they're trading. RJ. Okay.
1: RJ would be playing the role to answer his question. RJ would be playing the role of literally just like bringing you slightly under his league average defense, scoring a little bit of rebounding and a little bit of playmaking, very little playmaking. Probably RJ I mean, be would draft this year.
0: He'd be, what would RJ be? RJ would be like, I don't know, a very like a, a, I, want, I was going to say like a poor man's Lamar Odom, but one that would be playing a more important role for the team. Um, so, yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. Anyway, by the way, that game that we were talking about before the, uh, the Spurs win. Spurs. Uh, good call. Both Dennis Smith Jr. and Emmanuel Moutier had 19 points that night, and Mitchell Robinson Boom. had 15 points and five blocks and 14 rebounds. And... Knox and, like, and Knox. Knox and, and Dotson got off to that great hot start. Good good job by you. Um okay, we gotta get to our mock draft. Do we have any other quick quick hitters? Uh
1: though a lot of the rest of the questions were kind of about different draft things. Uh we gotta talk about the bench warmer asks us, how do you feel about the Elton brand news from Bondi that we heard oh, about shit. is,
0: God, is there talk-
1: anyone else that you'd think might get a look by Leon Rose for the GM job?
0: Oh my um I, I, I have my thoughts. Well, say your um, thoughts first. I
1: think brand is one hundred percent showing that we are getting out the biggest nets that we have in the cabinet and we are going star chasing. We are going we are gonna be desperately fishing out there for stars. Um
0: You mean for players or for like front office candidates?
1: No, for players. Oh,
0: okay. They brought in
1: Brand, and they he got them Butler and Harris and Philly.
0: Yeah, that wasn't Brand.
1: I, um, I, but but Brand was the GM, and Leon's gonna go. Oh, he was part of that. He can do the same thing here. But we have assets. Let's do that. This Let's to just me, be the Sixers, except without Ben Simmons and Embiid, is basically what he's gonna say.
0: I, look. I, I'm not I'm not gonna pretend to know what candidates Leon Rose does or does not have in mind. To me, the brand thing speaks to him looking at a guy who A has done the job already and B um Rose has worked with very closely already because obviously his most profile client at the moment is Embiid and you know they've had the working relationship there. Um I I just think it's like Rose identifies a guy that he knows he could work with and he thinks is smart enough. I, yeah, that's, I yeah. look, if I, I'll say this, and this is probably not going to be a popular opinion. If, if Elton brand is the GM of this team next year, I'm, I'm not going to like, I look, I'll kill this team for a lot of different shit. I won't kill them for that. Like I have no idea. Really? No, I'm honestly, I'm not going to because it, how the He's hell? not good. Talk to talk to Dave Early about this and see. I, what Listen, he I trust me. I <laughs> I get it, but at the same time, and again, maybe this is my skewed opinion because I just read an entire book about the Sixers and their current ownership structure. If anyone out there thinks that like the like this summer, like him giving Al Harford what might be in a year like the worst contract in basketball. Um, was like an Elton Brand thing as opposed to an ownership thing? Yeah, yeah, I think I think sending Jimmy out and
1: keeping Harris and getting Horford was I don't like, think that was Brand's idea. Like I think
0: ownership has their like in a big time way has their hands in the cookie jar in Philly.
1: But if that's the only place that brand has been, why don't we spend our time going for Denver's GM or Toronto or someone out there who has experience, who will not. Because, because Rose,
0: Rose wants a guy he knows he could work with. It's that simple. And, 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 listen, I know you say that. I know a lot of people listening to this are going to make that same noise, but I think there is something to valuing an anticipated level of comfort in the working relationship as a real thing, as, a, as an asset, so to speak. And it should it be the biggest asset. No, but like it's important. It shouldn't be ignored, which gets me back to the point of like, well, how do we know what Elton Brand is as a GM? And I'm sorry, I'm not going to judge him based on two max contracts he handed out this summer. I'm, I'm not. If you want to, that's fine. I personally am not going to do that. No, I'm not,
1: that's, that wasn't his decision, I don't think.
0: Really quick, let's get to... Because uh, people took the time to send the email before we get... So we'll do our, our mock draft thing in a second. Try to get this in under uh, 80 minutes. Um, some uh, Jonathan Irizarry asks, um, I know that our priority must be a shooting point guard, but hear me out. Um, I think Peyton would be back... Would be good in a backup role. Um, and... And he cites some offensive numbers. Here's my problem with bringing back Peyton. I want the team to resemble the team that they're going to be when they're good. And I don't think you could be a good team in the NBA giving 20 minutes to a game to a point guard who literally can't shoot outside of 10 feet. And for as much as Peyton does that's good, investing in like more time with him as like like in that role as a guy who, again, can't shoot, I, ju- I don't want to do it. So it would be like more of like a step back to take two steps forward type of thing. And then um, the other, oh yeah, um, Augie Rodriguez asks about Lamar Peters. Um, I'm a huge fan of Lamar Peters. I think they should have, That's that actually, to answer the earlier question. Out, I just read an
1: article about him. That yeah, I
0: saw that. And you want to talk about a guy who was hurt most? How about Lamar Peters? How about Lamar Peters being a guy that maybe they would have brought up and, and given a... Um, you know, a couple of 10 days and tried to sign to a contract for next year. I would have loved that. And uh, it was stupid that they didn't bring it earlier. And like, again, you want to talk, we could even relate these two questions. Alfred Payton being here, along with the two of the young park point guards, contributed to why they never gave Lamar Peters a look, which is stupid. Because like, why are you going to invest more time in in Alfred Payton, who again, is never going to be a shooter, and you're never going to win having that kind of point guard play a prominent role for you. Just give the time to Peters. He's a, it's an awesome shooter, Um, and he plays good defense too. So, <sighs> okay, mock draft, Let's mock
1: go. draft time. So, how are we going to do this? Remind you want me? me to? I'll run a sim right now. What you want to do? Top
0: ten. You said we have to go through the top ten.
1: Okay. So, like, so oh, I'll run a sim on Tangathon right now. Do you want me to read you the teams from ten down to one, and then we can
0: alternate picks? No, but we should do one down to 10 so we know who's still available.
1: No, I'm just saying I'll let you know who the teams are in the order of 10, 9, 8. Just like not- I'll reveal it like the, with the like the real lottery. I'll reveal it.
0: Oh, you wanted – no, we don't have time for that. You're, listen, I, as much as I want to hear your uh, – Okay, David, I ran the same.
1: I ran the same. Your go. David Stern voice. Actually, no, David Stern okay.
0: didn't do the, the lottery. Who did the lottery? It was always the assistant. Uh,
1: Mark, 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 no, Mark Tatum does it now. Tatum right? does it
0: now, and Silver, I guess, used to do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Number one
1: pick is Atlanta Hawks. All I right. ran the sim.
0: Do you want to go first? Uh,
1: I want to. I want to. Should, who's who wants to pick for the Knicks? Whoever's picking for the Knicks care. should go second.
0: Okay. I'll pick for the Hawks. Um the Hawks the Hawks take uh uh Anthony Edwards. That's the most obvious pick okay. in the draft.
1: I agree. Second pick is the Detroit Pistons.
0: Okay, so that's you. They will t-
1: they will take LaMelo Ball. All right, who's three?
0: Golden State. Uh they're taking uh what's his face? Wiseman. Okay, you think they'll go?
1: Wa- I want to see them go a Kung Wu with that pick. Um, I'll that's what I'm writing this to have.
0: down. Edwards, Edwards, t- who took Edwards? The Hawks, all right. Hawks took like
1: Edwards. Pistons, Pistons. ball, ball. You had the Warriors take Wiseman. I have the Knicks with the fourth pick. And uh, this is this a mock draft with what we think? How good we think the players are? Or no, it's your your listen.
0: The, the spotlight's you on have- you, man. Stop – we're not I fucking around anymore. I, You're making the pick. This is, is it, on you. This is your ass. Is it what, is it what I think the Knicks are going to do though? Your ass is on the line. You, Chris Percy Einan, you are the general Those manager of the picks. New York effing Knickerbockers. You and are on the case, clock, my friend.
1: Bring me with the fourth pick. I drafted him at number three in my mock draft for Sports Illustrated. Bring me and Hayes.
0: Look at you. See, that's conviction. That is conviction in the voice of a 17 17- – are you 18 yet or are you still 17? No, I'm still 17. When do you, when's your birthday again?
1: It's, two, it's like a, it's like a month from now.
0: Okay, you got you got time left to deck around. Um, all right, so you took. Number Hayes. Yeah, who am I? Who am I picking for? Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, uh, the Cavs can't take another point guard. Um, they would take Toppin. They would definitely take Toppin. Yeah. Not Denny. No, I think they would take Toppin. Okay, so I'm, go, I'm I'm go taking Tafin. Yeah.
1: Okay, six is the Timberwolves. Timberwolves have towns. They have Russell. I think they go Denny here, Denny Avdia.
0: You think they go Denny?
1: Because Russell, he'll play off ball with with Russell. I don't think they would take Denny. I think they would take. Um, they traded I Think they take Akongwu, Halliburton.
0: No, you know what? You're right. No, you're they right. They, they would take Denny. All right, who am I up with? Yeah. Seven. Ah, uh, seven. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, Bulls have White, so they're not taking Cole. They're not taking Halliburton. Um, they're taking. Uh, oh, what's his face? Um, uh, I have a bold prediction for this pick, but you go. Hold on, I forgot the fuck his name. Um, hold on, I should be looking at Tankathon while I'm doing this. Um, the bulls are taking, are you thinking of Okoro Coro? I think they're going to take Coro.
1: That's who I thought you were thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, what if they trade market and take a with that pick, do something like,
0: I don't think a makes sense because I think they like, um, it, it doesn't
1: make sense with Carter. And, and I, make also, sense no, I also know, but I also think Lynch? they like,
0: uh, Daniel Gafford. Um, and again, if you, if you like Gafford and you have, Carter, like, why did you take um, Okongwu All right, who's okay, yeah, your ear yeah. up with? Eight.
1: Eight is the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Now they have Rozier and they have Graham, so I don't because Halliburton and Cole are still both available. Yeah, indeed, is they a O'Kungu is a, a is still available, so the Hornets will go Okongwu there.
0: Listen, they're gonna fuck this pick up anyway. They, they, it's the Hornets; they always do.
1: Um, Okongwu. Number nine is the Washington Wizards.
0: Um the Wizards are gonna take either Halliburton or they'll take Halliburton. And then Okay, they'll so go Hallie. Halliburton.
1: Who who's getting cold? I have Yeah, you're right. Who is getting cold? It is the Suns at ten. Um Oh that, that makes that makes point. some sense. Sure. I know that, that makes that, sense. That would that would be the pick is Cole. Yeah. You don't pass on Cole for Maxi or Vassal right. or, or J.
0: Hampton. No, you you don't. Listen, if Cole falls below ten in this draft, it's it's stupid, and I say that in full recognition that he could wind up being, you know, like DJ Augustine or whoever. All right, we have That's now gone. What's that? There's there's our mock. There we go. We're there's good. our mock. But hold on, we've now gone a half an hour past the time that I told my wife we would go. So I'm. Oh, good. I am inviting death by asking us to do this, but I would be re- remiss if I did not end the pod like this. We should each give our personal top 10 picks for the Knicks. So what I mean by that is like, if the Knicks got the first pick, they would take this guy. If they got the second pick, they would Oh, you mean, take you this mean guy. by
1: my best, my best player available board?
0: Yes. Okay. So I'll go first. I'll give you a second to think about it. Here's what I'm doing. I am going, I'm literally doing this off the top of my head. Um, Ball, Edwards. Hold on, I'm highlighting these as I go. Ball, Edwards, Denny. I already hate my my draft. Um, can I uh, switch? Can I switch Denny and Edwards? You can do whatever you want. Okay, yeah, I'm doing... Sorry, uh, we're going back. Ball, one. Denny, two. Edwards, three. Hayes, four. Uh, God. Fucking Jesus. Uh, uh <laughs> I hate this. Okoro, five. Hal, uh, Halliburton 6, Cole 7, Okangu 8, Toppin 9, Wiseman 10.
1: I have, okay, interesting. Um, all right, I'll start. I have, I would take Ball if we get the number one pick. Okay. So we're, uh, we're Edwards, one for one. Talent is undeniable. I think I I cannot pass up on I, Edwards there. I I don't blame you. Talent is redonkulous. Okay, ah. next I have Killian. I have Killian next. You've Killian over Denny. Interesting. Okay. And then I have Denny next. Okay, it's fine. So our top fours are the same. I have at number five because I recently talked to the sports director at WfuV Radio. Oh, who, look at you. Know, you. Ford, Fordham's in the A ten. Dropping names That's left and
0: right here. First we had Jeez, what was it, advanced statistics, and now the FWFUV. Uh, I mean, Jesus! Oh boy.
1: <laughs> Fordham's in the A10. They played Dayton, who's in the A10, and he talked up Obi Topin a lot. Said that he's the real deal. So I'll put Obi at five. I see Obi being like John Collins in the NBA, um, and you know I'm realizing now that that may. I was I was
0: about much. to say good. You can have both Topin and John Collins. Have fun with both of them. Continue.
1: Uh, at six, I'll go Akoro. Okay. At seven, I have to. I can't pass up on a Kangoo anymore. I
0: I listen. I I, think, I I I love a Kangoo, and and again, the the stealth smart thing the Knicks do is if if they do get some insane package offer for Mitch, is trade Mitch and draft a kongu.
1: Get get a Kangoo. Do it.
0: I just I. the am deaf. Even, a, even a, saying so, is even, passing is, even saying those I, I think, words make
1: me. Like I hate myself for saying those words. No, do it. Do it because I think a Kung can develop into
0: a above average passer. No, you know what? I take that back. I I, I can't I can't do it. All right. Uh, finish up. I had a Kung
1: at seven, Halliburton at eight. Okay. Wow. I'm gonna go
0: So you oh, have Cole is- you have Cole
1: and uh Wiseman left. Exactly. I'm thinking about right now probably I mean for the Knicks if it's fit it's Cole. But I think that it just doesn't make sense to draft both Mitch and Wiseman in the span of 3 years like
0: If they fucking drafted Wiseman and ended up with him with Mitch on the team like so I have to I have to put Cole first. And you know
1: I I preach that you take BPA in the lottery but I think that that fit
0: is so bad that you have but to it's, take that It cool. would be – like here's why they I can't do cool. that. They can't – unless they have a trade lined up for Mitch, which is an insane trade, they literally can't do that. Like Okongwu, you want to tell me, okay, fine, like man them at, at – one's the starter, one's the backup. And like for five to ten minutes a game, you play them together. Okongwu's flashed a little bit of a shot this season. Fine, I'm buying that. You, like you you literally, like you can't, you could not draft Wiseman if you're the Knicks with Mitch still on the team. You just can't do so, it.
1: So, so Cole 9, Wiseman 10. Yeah. There's my list. Right. Guys that are at the, at the you know, are trying to get in there are Vassal from Florida State, uh, Maxie, um, and I kind of like Jaden McDaniels from Washington. Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt is really good. Uh some of those guys are interesting like what if we wanted to take 27 and 38 what could what could we move up to if we just took 27 and 38 and trade them what would we what what's the highest pick we could get back Oh
0: I don't 20, know 23? something in the something in the low the low teens As an aside for the last 45 seconds all I could think about is the fact that you used the term uh trying to get in there and then you said vassal, which sounds like Vaseline and my mind immediately went to a very filthy place. the The
1: age difference and the the way in which it is different r- does not correspond with our behavior, and that's okay. But it's an obvious. Is it okay? I don't that's know okay.
0: that it is. That's okay. It's okay. I don't. I really don't know that it is.
1: Um. But and on, and on that they note, br- they they
0: they bring me in here to to control you. My <laughs> Listen, there's no controlling me at this point. I'm done. Um, okay. Um, I need to go fry have some chicken cuts. Uh, you need to go, uh, what, study uh, AP? I can, yeah, I have an essay to write. French Revolution? I, I, I don't know. What, is, what are you doing?
1: I, I have an essay to write that's a thousand words, but here's, what, here's the thing. My school is going to be going to pass fail because of this whole corona stuff. So that means if I get a 55 in a class, it turns into a 95, and that's what they average into my grade.
0: What a joke. Oh my god. I thought my my uh gin and tonic meetings were a joke, but that's even more of a joke.
1: No, Macri Bourbon bombs do not compare to uh my ability to get an actual C or D in every single class and pass with ninety five averages for the trimester.
0: Uh listen, neither of us are uh And IB exams got canceled. Oh, did they? That's actually, you, I hadn't you, heard that.
1: You, you teach at an IB school. Are
0: you kidding me? I also don't read my emails.
1: Okay, this is, this is that would result in what we're dealing with now, which is you not knowing that the IB exams are not happening this year.
0: I got told by a student today that my spring break got canceled.
1: I did. That, that's an interesting, I have spring break next week, and then after that, we're going to switch to pass-fail grading.
0: Well. I think uh next week you should come to my house and you should teach my classes on Zoom and see if anybody knows the difference.
1: Can I can I'll just do and I'll do I'll do you I'll do my I'll bring my own laundry to do during your meetings. <laughs> just stay on par.
0: Oh God! We've gone on for nearly an hour and a half. We've literally now gone twice as long as I said I wanted this podcast to be. God we're help such, us! We're
1: such, a, we're such a sham. God get, help get my out wife. God out help the
0: that listeners. It's my all my Twitter, shame.
1: my Twitter will be linked, and you can follow it if you if you want. And if you don't want to, then don't follow it. No, please uh,
0: follow, follow Chris. He's he's put up with me for the last hour and a half for all of the nonsense that I have thrown at him. Um, that alone should warrant uh, a follow on Twitter. Thank you. That's the least I could do. All right. Um, everybody out there, <laughs> we hope you're, uh, we hope you're doing okay. Thank you for tuning into another episode. This was fun. Um, I had fun. Um, I also, am, uh, my glass is empty, which probably contributes to the fun that I had. Um, we will be back with another episode on, um, Sunday night. You'll hear it Monday morning. Chris, any any parting words?
1: No, I just hope everyone's, you know,
0: stay home and uh, stay safe while you're at home. All the good stuff. I love it. That's, that's all I've got. <sighs> all right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Good